I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, I have a very interesting interview with John Edmonds for you guys coming up in just a minute. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. Shout-outs going out to Lauren, Amber, Angie, Autumn, Carolyn, Carolyn, Chuck, Dan, Daniel, Dill, Edgar, Heidi, J. Mark, Jade, Jeff, Jim, Judy, Juliana, Kat, Keith, Kira, Lash, Laura, Laura, Lauren, Lily, M. Calvillo, Maggie, hi Maggie, how are ya? Michaela, Manning, Martin, Matt, Megan, Nanashi, Nick, Pablo, Rosa, Sarah, Sarah, Shelley, Lauren, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Travis, Troy, and Veronica. Be like the cool kids, head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac to support the podcast. Also, I'm going to be putting up some pictures from John's website about his encounters with a link to his website on the Facebook page. So head on over to Paranormal Almanac on Facebook to view those as well. I'm going to forego Paranormal News this week because this is a long interview, a fantastic interview, a bizarre interview. There's so much stuff on here, so much to talk about. I want to get right to it and to get right to it. Let me tell you a little bit about it. So John Edmonds is the owner of the Stardust Ranch in Buckeye, Arizona. Now John and his wife bought the ranch to care for abandoned, wounded, and unwanted horses. So with all the best of intentions, but almost immediately, John realized that this was no ordinary ranch. The ranch is home to two stargates or two portals, one in the house and one back on the ranch itself. And from these portals come all sorts of things, from gray aliens to seemingly time travelers. Now, John has seen a lot of bizarre things on and over his ranch, but you're going to have to wait for the interview for more details. Now, John and I spoke over Skype, and I will be honest, I don't know what to make of John's accounts. He's an intelligent, nice, down-to-earth guy. And he says he has some evidence to back up his claims. And if he does have this evidence, this will change everything. Now, the only reason I don't wholeheartedly believe everything he told me is only because of how incredulous this story is. It has nothing to do with John or his credibility. It is the situation that John and his wife and the animals were put in on this ranch. Now, I do have a couple of reservations, but unfortunately, or fortunately, I wasn't there when these things happened. So, I only have his stories to go on, and and regular listeners will know that I love to corroborate evidence. I want the evidence, and sometimes the story is all the evidence we're going to get. Like the Debbie Moffat story, who I wholeheartedly believe, just like John, it is insane the stuff that happened, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So my hope is that John will present all the evidence that you'll hear about in a minute, 
and blow the entire alien story wide open. This has the potential to be one of, if not the biggest stories ever, when all the evidence is presented. And it can also be lucrative for John and his mission that he talks about in the podcast on this on this interview. So again, my hope is that John does have a master plan already in motion. He says he does. I hope he does. And his plan will benefit everyone on Earth and prove once and for all that we aren't alone. That's a lot of stuff to put on one man's shoulders. But if he has the evidence he says he has, I think it's feasible. Okay, before I play you the interview... I want to mention a couple of things for John. Now, please head on over to hopefulhooves.org. And this is John's charity that he runs, the non-for-profit charity. And if you want to donate to a worthy cause, that's the place to do it. It's for those wounded, unwanted, uh, neglected horses that he's taking care of on his ranch, which is a huge undertaking. So, if you love animals like I do... You want to go over and uh, donate some money to help him out? I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Stitch agrees. Stitch says you should do that. So, or you can head over to Def Protection. That's D-E-A-F Protection.com. DefProtection.com forward slash Stardust. Now, this is something that John spoke about in the interview, but I wanted to mention it at the beginning of the interview forum as well. Now, just an FYI, I am not being paid to talk about it. In fact, John didn't even ask me to do this little pre-interview kind of thing. I just want to get this out there because he was so generous with his time. He wanted to plug this, so I'm going to plug it at the beginning for him as well. So it's defprotection.com forward slash stardust, D-E-A-F, like you're deaf. Now, it was developed over a five-year period by three leading computer scientists with backgrounds in physics optoelectronics, encryption, compression, and cryptography. The system is a complete hardware and software system that allows your mobile phone to be protected and have all transmissions received or transmitted cloaked and the contents undetectable. And John was letting me know that Snowden, he's got it. Trump, he's got a bunch of phones with this on there. So again, if you're interested, defprotection.com forward slash stardust. Seems like a good idea to me. I don't want a bunch of people listening to me. But anyhow, with those out of the way, let's get right into the interview. The audio is a little sketchy because it's Skype. Hopefully I cleaned it up enough that you guys can uh, hear everything because I really want you to hear it. It's a phenomenal interview. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Okay, so you, you buy this ranch for the best of intentions to help these animals and just to have a ranch in general. I've been since my whole life. I grew up in Chicago. I used to watch WGN on Saturday and Sunday mornings, you know, before my parents got up. Sure. And I watched the, you know, the, the Lone Ranger. Then I was watching, you know, Gunsmoke, everything. Anything that had a horse in it, I was watching it. That's and awesome. And I was determined. I mean, I was going to have horses no matter what. You know? So when I got out here to Arizona and I could finally afford it, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy a ranch. And and from basically from the get go, it was just sanity. I mean, yeah, it was like the worst acid trip you could have. <laughs> so these people that you bought it from were odd, you know. The, the... they were military. 
Oh, were they military? I didn't know that. I, I, again, there's a lot of stuff I don't normally put out there, but what the hell? Uh, dude, I, I thank you for it. Um, but yeah, so they, they were odd. And then almost immediately after they, you know, abruptly left and dumped all of their furniture in your pool, which is bizarre. I don't even know if they did it. I mean, that was the whole thing about it. It was like, you know, I, I first of all, I'd never bought a house before. Okay. And to me, buying a house was like buying a used car. You show up, you get cash, you go here, give me the whatever, and you, you drive away, right? Oh, yeah. So one my house, I did the same thing. I showed up with a briefcase full of cash, and I was like, all right, I got the cash. Sign it over. Give me the keys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, well, it doesn't work that way. And the realtor looked at me, and I said, hey, it's a deal, right? I'm buying a house. It's a used house. I'm not buying it from, you know, some builder. I'm buying it from these guys. You know, get out. <laughs> and, and you know, so they weren't even ready to move and, and it was like what the heck you know i mean you got my cash why don't i have your house exactly and, you know, so uh the realtor tells me he said hey go out have breakfast go have lunch go to the movies go do whatever you gotta do and uh they'll be out so i come back you know eight o'clock that night and we walk in the house and the house is empty and i'm like all right right on this is cool and I'm like, I'm going to go check the pool and make sure everything's, you know, cool with that. So I go out to the pool, and the pool's full of everything that they had in the house. And I'm like, oh, wow, you got to be kidding me. Now i got to not only, like, move it, but i got to be all wet to do it. Yeah, um, you you got to take it all out of the pool. What the heck? Refrigerators. I'm talking appliances here. I'm, you know, I'm at, like having to do, like, you know, a uh, voyage to the bottom of the sea in my pool. <laughs> And then right after them, and again, please correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but right after them, didn't you have an odd visitor? Yeah, we had the machete guy. Um, this this old-looking dude that looked like he just, you know, I don't know. It was like time warp from Vietnam or something. And, you know, just looked like an old vet. You know, I kind of felt bad for him. He looked really like he'd been left out in the sun too long. And uh, he just came strolling up the, the, uh, the front driveway. And he had this machete, and it was had a little piece of leather around the, the wrist part, and he was just kind of like just dangling it in front of him and going back and forth with it. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, you know, it's bad enough that I had to buy the house from hell, you know, everything. <laughs> now I've got, like, wackadoodles that are, you know, trying to, you know, live here. Just strolling and, up, yeah. And, and so I walk out, and I, I had just... I had a 357 Magnum with me. I stuck it down the back of my pants. And I wasn't going out there to be, like, nasty with him or anything, but I wanted to be ready. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I full of, like, you know, 600,000 acres of wild desert, okay? I mean, there's nothing out here, or at least there wasn't back then. Wow. You know? I mean, you, you couldn't even, like, find, uh, you know, a coyote that was, you know, ready to eat the scraps off your porch. And, you know, so this guy's here, and I'm there, and, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me. And I'm like, sir, what are you doing here? What can I do to help you? And he just looked at me, he goes, well, I live here. And I said, that's funny, because I got the paperwork in the <laughs> you know, kitchen there. And uh, it says, I own this place. I just bought it. And uh, next thing I know, he just looks at me, and he goes, well, I'm, I protect this place. And I said, from what? And he goes, from the monsters. Man. I'm, I'm like, you know, get a little shiver up my back, and I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, I'm from Chicago. They got monsters there, but <laughs> they, don't, they don't look like these guys. And uh, 
And I said, what kind of monsters? And he says, well, you'll see. And I said, I don't want to see. I just want to know what kind of monsters. And he goes, well, that's my job. I live back there in that little house back there. And I said, well, that's going to be my tack room for my horses. I said, you can't live in there. And he just looked at me and I said, I'm serious, man. You need to go pack your stuff and, and you know, get off the property. So he packed up and uh, got his stuff and walked off the property. And just as he gets to the edge of the property, he turns around, he looks at me, and he shakes his head back and forth. He goes, you're going to be really sorry. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if that's a threat or if this guy's just trying to tell me, you know, something, you know, for the future. Yeah. And he, and he goes, without me, you're toast. And I thought, hmm, okay, we'll see. So he, he just took off into the desert, and that was the last I ever saw him. You, so you haven't seen him ever again? Ever saw him again. Would you... And, and I, I'm jumping ahead, listeners, and I apologize, but would you, if you saw him again now, would you thank him for the warning or talk to him or what would you do? Oh, I'd talk to him. I'd talk to everybody. I mean, you know, out here, I mean, up until recently, because we've had a lot of houses built around here, it's like all of a sudden there's a lot of crazy stuff out here. Walt Disney World is coming out here to build a, uh, you know, like one of their Disney Disney uh, Entertainment Parks. Oh, wow. We've got Bill Gates just bought, I don't know, like 600 acres down the road from us. And he's building a, uh, like, the city of the future. So there's a lot of of growth out here all of a sudden. And, uh, you know, so when you meet people out here, you talk to them. It's just, you know, common decency. Sure. Sure. So, but, but I mean, that had, first of all, that had to, uh, that, that put a chill down my spine and I wasn't even, I didn't even witness it. You got this weird guy with a machete who warns you about monsters. You you have to think he's off his rocker or having a bad acid trip or whatnot, but then it kind of turns out to be true. Right. Yeah. yeah. I he was totally right. He wasn't trying to lie to me or anything. And I feel bad about that, but you know, hey, I mean, it's not every day you buy, you know, an alien ranch. <laughs> on it is like you know some grizzled looking guy that you know warns you that the monsters you know are going to tear you a new one how quickly did the monsters happen or the aliens visit or whatever you want to call them how quickly did it start up in three weeks i mean wow we started uh, seeing all these lights in the sky and you know like the phoenix lights they look just like the phoenix lights in fact i think the phoenix lights are like a derivative of this phenomena. And, no kidding. Uh, we've been seeing, I get hours of video of them. You know, so this is something that's been going on for the whole 22 years that I've been here. It's still going on now. If, so, so the, the Phoenix Lights, you think they're the same UFOs or s- separate? They're exactly the same. So the ones that you see over your ranch, are they that big? Yeah. Wow. They're 17 miles away. They're not over my ranch. They're 17 miles directly to the south. I have gone out and measured. That's how I know it's 17 miles, because I've used uh, the odometer in my car, you know, to measure. So the where is the the Stargate, the Vortex, whatever you want to call it, where is that in, in conjunction to your house? There's two of them. It's actually a small one that's in the house, and then there's another one that's on the back of the property. And do they, and do they both, and, and things come out of both of them, I guess is the quickest way to ask that. Um, stuff comes out, but the only stuff that goes in is going in on the, on the one in the back. 
the one that's in the house, we haven't seen anything go into it yet. You know, and none of them came with any instructions. I mean, whoever <laughs> stuff really sucks. I mean, you know, they left nothing, you know, they left all this shit in the pool, but they couldn't leave the directions. <laughs> no one could come by and say, hey, sorry about the machete guy. Here's how you use this cool thing on your property. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and it's not like you can go to YouTube. You know, <laughs> I have checked, believe me, there's nothing on YouTube about, you know, how to run a, a Stargate. The Stargate, now, have you witnessed things actually coming out of it or do you just all of a sudden something is there um both the the one on the back of the property i've seen everything from like little kids come out of it uh literally like these two little kids that came out that looked like they were dressed up in medieval costume really yeah i was out watering horses early in the morning in the summertime one day and all of a sudden these two little kids just come out of it and they just walk right past me and I looked at them, and I said hello to them, and they just turned around and looked at me. And they smiled, shook their heads, and they were holding hands, and they just went right across the front of the property and off into the mountains across the street and disappeared. So you they, didn't, they don't, like, literally disappear. They just walk away until you can't see them anymore. Yes. Wow. And they interact with you, too. So these things are corporeal. They're, they're real. Oh, yeah, they're 3D. That is incredible. I didn't know about this one, either. I thought it was just... Just well, aliens. We've had, everything, we've had everything from, like I said, the little kids to we had a kangaroo come through one day. What? You know, seriously, it was just like all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm always out there watering horses. I'm the only guy on the property working. You know, even when I've hired people, it always seems like I'm the guy who's only working. So, um, you know, I was out doing something with the horses and uh, all of a sudden I turn around because I, I can feel the, like when, when the uh, portal comes on, what will happen is, all the hair in your arm and your head, it gets electrified. Like really? Like you're in a field of like some kind of electromagnetic energy. And when that happens, it kind of gives you goosebumps. And it, it doesn't make a sound or anything, but you just feel this like really weird tingly feeling. And you get a funny taste in your mouth. It tastes like you got a bunch of pennies in your mouth. And uh, it turns on. And next thing I know, I turn around. Here's this kangaroo. And I'm like, whoa. What zoo did you come out of? <laughs> you know, and, and it wasn't. I mean, it was just, it, it literally hopped up. It just started picking up hay and chewing on the hay. And, and then it just hopped off into the desert. And that was the last I saw of that. You would think there'd be reports or news stories about, hey, random kangaroo spotted in Arizona, because I can't imagine there's a lot of those out there. Um, you hear stories. I mean, you, you actually, there are things that pop up uh, from time to time. We had this uh, thing that looked like a, uh, gargoyle uh, a couple of summers ago and it was somebody got pictures of it standing on the side of the road they said it was a monster here in Buckeye and everybody was scared to death of it and they sent him to the Republic and it showed up in the Republic wow Um, I mean periodically stuff does show up in the news the thing about it is is that Arizona the reason they made all those 1950s like monster movies with giant spiders and all that yeah yeah and this place is all about strange. I mean, it's not <laughs> like living in any other part of the United States. It's practically not even like living on planet Earth. I, you know, I, I grant you, I'm from the East. And so, you know, I think it's weird anyway. But Arizona is just a freaky place. Everything in the desert wants to kill you, eat you, sting you, burn you, or bite you. I, I agree. I grew up in so Detroit. Place. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Detroit, and my grandparents lived in Tucson for years. <laughs> So I went out to Tucson, and I thought the same thing. I was like, man, this is, 
you against everything there. That's it. That's exactly it. I mean, you know, it's like you wake up in the morning, you go outside, you go, oh, what a beautiful day, and then something turns to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Did, have you ever seen anything go in to the Stargate? You've seen stuff come out. We have seen, uh, with many witnesses here, we have seen a whole fleet of ships go through it. Really? What I think that is, these were like big, it was, these were like mothership-sized ships, and they waited Sort of like, I, I would say they were probably maybe seven to 8,000 feet in the air. And they just were up there. We, the, the folks that saw them first were wearing night vision goggles. And they happened to see them. And they, they were just like, it looked like they were painted on the sky because they were absolutely motionless. And then when the gate opened, they just traveled through it. And that was the end of it. And they were gone. I, it's almost like... Uh, the underground bases that are supposedly in that area. There, there, people see that happen a lot too, where it's something's going towards something or, or seems to be frozen and all of a sudden it just goes into something and it's just gone. We've seen ships that were uh, being chased by, at the time they were like F-15s or F-16s uh, uh, south of here, like 20 miles south of here in the desert. And they would ch- chase these things and then right as they looked like they were going to crash into the mountain, they just disappear right into it. Oh, wow. They would just like dematerialize and then they'd be gone for two seconds and then they'd come out the other side, rematerialize and keep going. I was just going to ask if the military got involved. So that's incredible. So you've actually seen a physical chase of them chasing UFOs. Lots of times. They, they, we've seen uh, attack helicopters, you know, like the, uh, what do they call them? The, uh, like the Blackhawk or... Oh, the, 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 the two-seater kind. Oh, 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 wow. You know, the, the Cobras or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. You've seen those flying in formation, like six or seven of them in formation, like maybe a hundred feet off the ground. Jesus, that's terrifying. What they do is, is they travel right down Pudgeville Road, and then they go out into the desert from there, and then they, they go out and they, they go hunting. Wow. And have you ever had any military come and talk to you about your land or discuss, tell you well, not to discuss it? Well, we've had people that were government, but they weren't, you know, they weren't like, hey, I'm General so-and-so. Sure. You know, they were more like, hey, I'm so-and-so from the Pentagon. And they've not tried to take over your land or... or... No, no. I, I mean, see, they won't do anything like that because that would validate everything. That's here. true. That's exactly it. I was going to say, it's a good thing that your story is out there as much as it is because it's going to be very difficult for them to have a reason to take your land over if that was what they wanted to do now that the yeah. story's out. Well, and, you know, we, we've seen so much. I mean, I had I, I had a real freaky experience about, I would say it's about eight or ten years ago, and in the summertime here, it's incredibly hot. I mean, 118 is not unusual. Wow. 16, 118 degrees. And uh, water is, is the key to life here, and especially when you have horses. And so, you know, i got to go out two, three, four times a day sometimes to water the horses. Every horse will drink between 50 and 100 gallons of fresh water every day. Wow. So, you know, we have like, you know, 15 or 20 different water stations for the horses on the property. So uh, one day, uh, it was probably 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and 
you know, this is back when nobody lived around here. I mean, you could have walked around bare ass naked and nobody would have cared, you know? Yeah. And uh, I walked outside in my boxer shorts and, you know, I had flip flops on and I went up to the front uh, cement horse water and I turned on the tap and I started filling the water. And all of a sudden, I felt this like thing behind me. And I turned around, and this is before anybody knew about like drone aircraft. And there was a perfect like 20-foot white drone hovering. And I didn't know drones could hover. Oh, wow. But this one hovered, and it was like a giant dragonfly. And it was about 12 feet in the air. It was behind me, and it was just absolutely made no noise at all. It had a propeller on it, and it it was silent. And I turned around, I looked at this thing, and I didn't know that they had drones back then. I wasn't even aware of it, so I thought it was an ET craft of some kind. Sure. And I tried hiding behind a tree, and the thing came, like, right up on me. And so I had no weapon or anything, so I grabbed a hose, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to, like, shoot the drone with the water out. <laughs> you know, I felt totally stupid, but it, it was all I could think to do at the time. And it just sat there and it, it kind of, I could feel that probably, you know, I'm thinking to myself, if this is like some kind of, you know, military thing, these guys are sitting in the control room, you know, probably ready to fall out of their chair. They're laughing. Oh, so God, yeah. You know, and so I was totally embarrassed. And I don't get embarrassed. <laughs> Here I am, in my shorts, with a hose, watering a drone. <laughs> And all of a sudden, this thing just goes, bam, and it takes off like a bat out of hell and disappears. And I, I'll tell you, that was, that was one very amazing uh, example of weird stuff that happens out here. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Just to let the listeners know, in case they don't, you've seen gray aliens, correct? I've seen literally probably thousands of them at this point. We've had as many as 160 of them here, you know, at a time. And... Unfortunately, these are not peaceful ET, the extraterrestrial kind of aliens. These things seem to be malevolent, correct? Some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, you know, in the beginning, the first ones that, that we had contact with, they were very curious, and to me, they were monsters, and I was ET uh, unaware at that point, you know, so to me, everything that was ET probably I considered it to be a monster. And the first time I met up with it, you know, I was laying in bed, and my wife was next to me, and she was snoring away. And this thing kind of crept up right alongside of me and put its hand right on my uh, left forearm. And, you know, I was kind of horrified. I was like, oh shit, what the hell is this thing? Yeah. And, and, you know, it was dark, but I could just see the outline of it, and I could see those two great big black compound eyes, and they were like six inches away from my face. I'm glad that you said that, because I wanted to ask you about this. When I heard your story, you I heard you mention the compound eyes, that I have never heard anyone else describe alien eyes as compound eyes. Do you mean like an insect eye, right? Yeah, like a, like a fly eye, and I, I, I think I'm probably the... Probably the only person that's actually gotten close enough to one of these things that's managed to live through the experience to be able to actually, you know, tell the tale. That's or, why I know that they're compound eyes. Sure, or conscious, or, you know, doesn't have to go through hypnotherapy. I mean, you remember, remember. You don't have to. I remember all of it. I, see, I'm not afraid of them. That's the whole thing. I mean, to me, these things are they're just experiences. 
you know, and, and it's like we have a choice in life how to control our emotions. We don't have to be afraid of everything. I agree. Know? I and agree. Like, with me, I was like, you know what? You guys aren't getting in my head. You're not going to get to do anything to me. You're not going to do it to my wife. You're not going to do, you know, Jack, anything here. And, and you know, the thing just sat there and looked at me for a few seconds. And then I squeezed with my other hand. I reached over and squeezed its arm. And it was like, oh, you know. Yeah, this is different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it withdrew with the other two that were there. And they all three of them disappeared. You know, so then I rolled over and I woke my wife up. And I'm like, honey, 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 we got aliens. You know? <laughs> and she's like, what? Go to, go to sleep. You're having a bad dream. I'm like, no, we got aliens. And she's like, oh, come on. Go to sleep. You know, so she rolled over and went right back to sleep. And, uh, you know, I'm up the rest of the night saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Nobody's going to believe me. You know, I don't have any pictures. You know, I mean, it's just me and the dog. We're the, like the only ones that saw, <laughs> you know. And, uh, you know, so I, I thought to myself, all right, the next time this comes around, because I, I figure, you know, nothing ever happens once. Exactly. You know, I mean, I've seen enough horror movies. I know how this stuff works. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I went and I got one of those little baseball bats you know how they give like bat day and they yeah. give out the little aluminum baseball bat yeah well you know what hey i got one from the, the diamondbacks game and i thought you know this is perfect so i stuck it in the rail of the bed you know because this is like one of those platform beds that's like 18 inches off the ground you know? sure sure kind of like the old water beds except now they get air mattresses yeah and then uh you know it's a sleep comfort bed i was cool with that good bed and uh so I'm thinking to myself, all right, time to get some good night's sleep here. I got my baseball bat. I got my pit bull. We're rocking. We'll be ready. <laughs> so Daisy's on the floor, and Joyce is snoring away. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to get some sleep tonight. Sure enough, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I start getting this weird vibe, and Daisy's on the ground, and she starts growling, and I'm hearing this Okay, I'm ready. Bring it. So we reenact the whole experience all over again. You know, these little creepy guys come in, and one of them kind of sneaks up, and it goes to grab my arm again. Well, this time I was ready. I reached in the, in the bed there, and I grabbed that baseball bat, and I sat up, and I wow, smacked him right across wow. the head. You know, and this little dude, he just, he, it, it was like, you know, I knew I'd, I'd hit a home run. I mean, <laughs> his, his, you know, bell got rung real hard, and he staggered back, and then he just disappeared, and the other two disappeared. Now, do you think that's why you were at war with the alien? Do you think you started the war, or do you think that that no. would have happened anyway? I think it would have happened anyway, because, uh, I mean, they were creeping around. You know, big time. And see, before that had actually happened, we'd actually had two horses that had been attacked. Oh, wow. And they'd been mutilated. And I had reported it to the sheriff's department. I'd reported it to the Arizona Livestock Board. The whole works. And, you know, so that was really grisly. It was horrible. Um, you know, it was just, you can't even imagine until you find an animal that you, you know, that you love and you care for every day. And the thing has been, you know, literally it looked like somebody had gone in and cut the guts out of it. Oh, my God. The anus, pulled out the guts and disappeared with them. There was no blood. There was nothing. 
but the actual panels on the fence post are on the fences themselves were mangled like like big pieces of wire. Jesus. And this is inch in like seven a steel, five feet high by wow. ten feet long, and some of the rails in that fence were just twisted to hell. No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, if anybody messes with my dog or my loved ones, I'm they're they got a war. I'm and I'm not going to stop. So I I give you nothing but props for that. That's incredible. Well, not only that, but the thing is, they're coming in my damn bedroom. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like you know I went out and they were eating rice krispies at the kitchen <laughs> table. You know, I mean they were in my bedroom. You know, trying to touch my body. You know, it got even worse than that. Now. So, uh, since you mentioned it got worse, let's talk about, in my mind, the 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 pinnacle of worse. And I'm sure you, it isn't. I'm sure there's more that happened. But but you actually got into a sword fight with one of these aliens. Yeah. Well, as time went by, the baseball bat was a deterrent, but it wasn't enough of a deterrent. You know, I mean, they got more radical. They started showing up with little groups and. Um, they, they started getting crazy and trying to go after my wife. And so, you know, I started trying to figure out what I could use. I mean, I live in a house that's got brick walls and it's got, you know, these great big Italian quarry tile tiles. So guns are not that, not a good option. No, I mean, you know, bullets bounce. Yeah. They do a lot of damage to stuff. So I had to come up with something and an ax just doesn't really make much sense. Uh, I thought about the machete after the machete guy, but I thought, you know what, if we're going to do this, let's do it right. Let's go samurai on him. <laughs> you know? and, and so that's what I did. I get the samurai sword, and I'll tell you what, it was like cutting through butter. So do you think you killed it, I guess, before I jumped ahead in the, in the story? Do you think you killed it when you well, stabbed it? Yeah, I mean, that one, I know I did, because I took the head. Oh, um, oh, I thought it phased away before you could get the head. Well, the, there's, there's, there's different, there's different ones. Oh, I mean, interesting. Happened several times. Okay. The first time I didn't, uh, but the, one of the next times after that, which is the one I was thinking of, uh, I got the head. Really? It's, it's like an antenna. If you, if you break the antenna, they, uh, they don't go anywhere. But if you, if you don't take the head, then they, they, just disappear now the head the head um, stayed or the head and the body stayed the whole thing stayed i got i, I know this is the question everybody's probably asked yet and i apologize what? but I yeah um at an <laughs> at a undisclosed uh possibly future disclosed location would you let say i have i have some contacts with with television people in in you know you know People that could bring your story out far, far wider than I, would you allow someone to? I realize this story has been everywhere. I've done, you know, I've done every big uh, radio show. Sure. Oh yeah. Be, uh, we've done just about everything. Oh yeah, I've listened to you on Coast to Coast. I've seen you on what uh, Ghost Adventures. Like, uh, I mean, your this story is out there. But what would it take for you to allow a, a professional TV show or crew or whatever? to ex- have a medical person examine the bodies. Well, realize something, and that is they're not here on the property, okay? Okay. I made arrangements so that they would go to a place where no uh, traditional government would have the ability to be able to utilize their, their empowerment to 
raid the place or anything else. Brilliant. First, let me say, that is absolutely brilliant. No, thank you. So that isn't going to happen unless I make it happen. The thing about it is this, and that is all of the testing is done, okay? Every, I mean, there has been at the highest levels of government, at the highest levels of universities, this stuff's been tested. You know, there's been many, many samples done. Um, but here's the thing. And that is, is that there's a time and a place for everything. Sure. Okay? And see, people think of this as like this grand spectacle. It's not about the spectacle. It's not about, um, it's about doing this in a tasteful way that is done in such a way where the information, when it is released, will be done uh, with the scientific community present. Yes. So that all of this can be, you know, this isn't going to be contact in the desert where somebody pulls out a rubber alien and says, hey, you know, guess what I got? Yeah. You know, it's going to be the real deal, and it's going to be done in a very professional, uh, you know, intelligent way. That's exactly what I want for you. Like, this is... This is the, or should be, this is the biggest story ever. 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 I know. I mean, I have, you know, I have documented proof. DNA, I have DNA proof, okay? One of my I listeners, know. Laura, she said that, um, where, what about this, this DNA proof? There, there was something that you Not sent it away. Website. You can go look at it right now. And, and it's, it's independently tested it, it's there it's it's got the scientific results and everything dr levengood was a guy in grass lakes michigan sure. who ran a professional lab he did all the cattle mutilations with with linda molten Howell yeah. and all different people and that's how i ended up meeting him was through uh, a gentleman from the united states air force who was a retired captain uh robert Collins, and I was working as a producer for Kevin Smith and the Kevin Smith Show, and I had uh, invited uh, uh, Captain Collins to be on the show, and we had done interviews, and shortly after that is when some of this uh, various different things happened, and I thought to myself, i got to have somebody that knows something about this to be able to talk to and to be able to get some referrals. You know, it's not like, again, you can't go on YouTube and look up aliens. No. And find, you know, aliens are us. You know, we, we come to you. I mean, it's not <laughs> like your windshield replaced, you know. And, and so, uh, you know, what I did was is I went ahead, called, uh, you know, Bob, and he was super cool about it. He said, look, you know what, I'm going to find you somebody. I'll call you back in a couple of days. He went and did his due diligence, and then he hooked me up with Dr. Levengood. And so Dr. Levengood and I spoke on the phone for a couple hours, and he said, do you have samples? And I said, yeah. And he goes, where are they? And I said, well, I got a freezer. They're in the freezer, you know. And uh, he said, all right, cut them up, slice them up, put them, uh, you know, and he told me how to prepare and vivisect and all that kind of stuff. And so that's exactly what I did. I ended up packing them up. I called FedEx, and uh, I FedExed all the parts to him. Wow. I mean, you must have been so worried that the government would have, you know, intercepted it and replaced it with, you know, like a cow heart or something, something that could discredit you. But that that didn't happen, though. He actually yeah. did examine it. Yeah, he had it for like six months to a year. 
And, you know, he, he made lots of samples and he did it in a very cool way where, you know, he, he sent them off to, uh, you know, the highest level universities, you know, in the country. And he didn't tell them what it was. He said, Smart. You, know, this, you know, this is this and we need to identify it. Um, would you please test it chemically, spectrally, you know, all the various different ways that the science guys can do stuff. And so he started getting back all these very, very good reports that said, you know, this does not represent a sample taken from anything that we have in the database, either for plants or for people or for animals. We do not know what this is. And then uh, the one that they were able to give to, to one of the departments and identify what it was, they said absolutely positively this is uh, it doesn't fit into any kingdom of any species or any phylum or any of that good stuff. And he says, you know, literally I have the letter. It says, you have the smoking gun of proof of evidence. You do, yeah. Alien interaction visitation on planet Earth. It's the only one in the world. I'm just, I, yes, I agree completely. I'm just curious, how come the men in black haven't come and they, taken that away? Oh, because I got lots of guns and I'm a nasty son of a bitch. <laughs> and that isn't going to happen. <laughs> Good yeah. answer. Good answer. This is that's the truth. I mean, it's like, you know, they might be the men in black, but I'm the badass from Chicago and I put my foot right where you know, it needs to go. I love it. You have the proof, and so this is all. This is what my podcast is all about: paranormal almanac. It's different paranormal topic every week, and then I try to debunk stuff and use science to prove stuff. So this is exactly up my alley. This is what I want. I don't want the weird, regurgitated BS, you know, spooky stories that are online. I want the truth, which is why I wanted to talk with you. And this is the most important thing, as far as I'm concerned. Besides the fact that you just seem like a genuinely honest man, is your story hasn't changed. Well, it won't. There's only one answer because it only happened one way. Yeah, that's exactly why I had to talk with you because, like I said, I 100% respect everything you've you've done up to this point. You seem to have done it the right way. You looked for the scientific answers. You've protected yourself, your family, and your animals. I give that 100% respect. You now, all right, so you now have this chance to show the scientific community, show the world, show the world, not even scientific community, show the world that aliens are real. See, the problem is this, and that is, is that no matter what you do, there are so many hardcore paid trolls to be out there that, you know, if, if you were to show them something that is irrefutable, they would just turn around and twist it and say that, you know, some other story. I mean, there's a, you know... Oh, you're a, right. Oh, yeah. Last year when this story came out that the government had uh, materials from alien craft, and the New York Times story about it, People brushed it off within 48 hours and then said, right. that's BS. So you're right. Oh, yeah. it's And that's you the know, frustrating part for me, and I'm sure for you as well. Well, you know, the interesting thing is my wife worked for the FBI at the time, and here I was working with law enforcement with the city of Phoenix, okay? So we're like, you know, I mean, I'm an expert witness in the Superior Court of Arizona uh, on a regular basis. You know, I'm working with top agencies. You know, if anybody is not only going to be truthful, but also going to be somebody that can give uh, expert witness testimony, you know, my wife and I are, are the right people for that. Sure. And and you I know? should say that, that I should have probably said at the beginning that, and not that it would have made any difference, but 
You're not, quote-unquote, just some rancher. You are an educated man. You're a therapist, correct? Exactly, yeah. I've got a master's degree uh, in social work. My wife has two or maybe even three degrees uh, as well, and, and hers are in, you know, uh, criminal uh, science in terms of, you know, literally she worked for the FBI. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I agree. I, that, and I think that's what gave the uh, another just another level of validity for me for your your story as well. I, yeah, I, you know, don't kill me if I leave it that way. It's criminal justice. <laughs> but but getting back to the disclosure part, do you think there will be disclosure, and will it come from you? Well, it's going to come from all of us. I mean, you know, I'm not like the only guy that's out there doing this. It just happens to be that this is like Walmart one-stop shopping. I mean, we got it all, you know, all on 10 acres in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, as much as we never asked for it, didn't want it, and tried to hide from it as much as we could and didn't even want to admit that it was happening, uh, you know, we had no choice. It just, it just doesn't go away. Have you ever thought about walking through the portal to see what would happen um yeah but honestly uh you know i i no <laughs> or 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 actually i guess i and i and i understand that that's a big that's a big leap that could be a one-way ticket how about uh, and it's more than that see because there's various different types of portals i mean over the years we've been able to get a lot of information from the other side and what makes these portals special is that some portals just transport between like A and B, you know, place A and place B. Sure. Um, which would be kind of like your standard portal. But then there's portals that not only do that, but they also are able to transcend time. That, so that, that would explain the children. Backward in time. Yeah. And there's very few of those. I think there's only like maybe six of them on the whole planet. And we have them. So, you know, that makes ours kind of like the, you know, the XLT model. Or something. <laughs> you know, it's the deluxe model. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, let's put it this way. If I were like 18 and, and young and dumb, yeah, maybe I might, I might think about, you know, going through it. But, sure. Or, yeah, or, I'll or. I'll be 16 April, so it's not as attractive an adventure <laughs> <to me> anymore. <laughs> I mean, I would love to go forward in time, but only if I could bring my dog and loved ones with me. Yeah. So I get See, that. This, is, this isn't like a camping trip at the river. Exactly. You know? Exactly. What about using technology to our advantage and putting something through the portal that could still transmit or is still well, connect tethered? And that is, it's not like I have a remote control where I can just, you know, this isn't Hollywood. Sure. I, mean, I can't I just like push a button and all the lights come on and the thing spins around. And, sure. And, you know, I go, okay, launch the probe, you know, here we go. You know, it doesn't work that way. It does whatever it wants to, when it wants to. I don't even know if there is any kind of uh, intelligent beings or anything else that are controlling it. It just occurs. I don't know why it occurs or anything else. Is there any pattern that you have determined so far at all? I thought there was. At one point, I thought it came on like every 67 days on the back. And I was thinking it was kind of like auto-programmed somehow to, you know, do that. But after, as soon as I came out and made that public a few years ago, it immediately turned around and decided not to cooperate. <laughs> so I have to retract that statement. No, no, that's that's fine. I I more interested in the fact that it's not a regularly scheduled portal. So that's yeah, that's incredible. What about 
using technology to try and record, I'm sure you've, you've done this, but, um, you said you've got hundreds of hours of footage of UFOs. Do you have any? The problem is this, and that is, is that, you know, I've had people out here that were some of the finest videographers, people that were from various agencies. I've had people that were from European agencies come out here. They set up cameras. They set up all sorts of technology. They saw, and I was right there when it happened. I saw all sorts of really, really amazing stuff. But the problem is, is that nobody has been able to get any pictures of it except that we have pictures of the ETs, okay? And there's other pictures of the ETs that I haven't released yet that are absolutely stunning. Really? They'll be out with the book. Um, you know, I haven't released them to the public at all yet. Uh, and no, I don't keep any of this stuff on the property for all you guys, you know, with alphabets in your little titles. <laughs> uh, Again, smart. You know, it's... One of those things. So all these things will eventually come out. The problem is, is that it takes money, and this was never part of my education. You know, I, I didn't. You know, I'm a social worker. I'm a therapist. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, come on in and tell me what your problems are. You but know, I think that I think go out and hunt ET. Oh God, yeah. But I think that's what helps you come to grips with this is the is the fact that you're a therapist, the fact that you have your background. A lot of people, this would break them down. You know, learning curve. Yeah. You know, I had no idea what I was dealing with. I mean, to this day, I still don't have any idea. All I have is, you know, I can say when this happens, a lot of times this other thing happens over here. And so, you know, from a statistical point of view, that's really all you can say. You can't, it's very difficult to ever say there's cause and effect relationship. You know, that, that's usually a big fallacy when it comes to anything statistical. Sure. And, And that's, I have to remember that constantly here because just because I see something doesn't mean that, you know, that it's because of something else. It it's just means that that phenomena is occurring. But you can think of it in a scientific way, whereas a lot of other people would have just shut down from the trauma, the traumatic part of it, you know? Did, did they... Now, have the aliens ever given you any messages? Are they... Or, or is it well, just we, a battle? Yeah, realize something that... This started out with Greys, but over the years, it's expanded to the point now where we've had individuals that had direct contacts with other ET groups, and they brought them out here. And um, we started having a relationship with those other groups now because of the fact that people introduced us. And that has been awesome because they are very, I don't know, they've, they've been instructive, they've been, you know, educating us, they've been, you know, positively reinforcing us by answering questions from my list of 100 questions if you ever get the chance to ask an alien. <laughs> so, um, it's been good. That part's been great. So, so you uh, have had, you've had dialogue then? Well, with these other groups, yeah. I mean, uh, let's see, it was uh, July 29th of 2011. We actually had a chance to sit down with four different individuals for several hours and ask as many questions as we wanted to. And... Uh, actually were given actual proof that they were ETs, including at the end when I was still kind of skeptical, and they knew I was skeptical, they took us out. My wife and I sat on the tailgate of my uh, Ford F-350, and they said, okay, you wanted to see a ship, look to your left. And I looked across to the left, and across the street was a spaceship, a flying saucer, 
like that was the size of the L.A. Coliseum. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, so my it, wife and I looked at each other, and I said, do you see what I see? And she looked at me, and she said, do you see a big honking spaceship across the street? <laughs> and I said, I do. And it was like the most one of the most intense moments of my life. How long did that experience last for? How long did you see it? Oh, a few minutes. Did you? Not long enough that we could take pictures or do anything else. We were we we could barely stand up afterwards. We were so surprised. Sure. And the thing that was really crazy about it—not that that wasn't crazy—was the fact that the uh, three individuals that took us outside to show us this had pulled out these great big swords. Okay, and they look like the kind of swords that you'd see, like in a, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like Middle Ages kind of uh, King Arthur story, you know, broadswords, great big swords, and they held them up and touched the points together, the tips, and all of a sudden we had the worst monsoon type storm I've ever seen in my life, and it was like flicking a switch. It went from nice late afternoon sunny day to all of a sudden, it was like we were in the middle of, like, Category 3 storm. Really? It was intense. And I have, you know, I have no idea how that stuff works. I never got those questions answered. But my wife and I, we both saw it. And then when we tried to contact the person that had brought these individuals to the property, um, we could not reach her. She just disappeared off the face of the earth for, like, three years, four years. And what we had found out was during the storm, when she was exiting back to go to get in her car and to bring two of these individuals with her, what happened was the ground around her was hit by lightning. And the lightning apparently went through her shoes, burned her shoes, burned her feet, um, affected her from a neurological point of view to some degree. And I don't even know how you could drive like that, but somehow or another she got back to Phoenix. Uh, but it, it like totally wiped her brain in terms of her memory. Oh, wow. And she couldn't remember the experience at all. She had no idea what happened to her. And the only reason that she was able to put two and two together was because I was doing Coast, and somebody heard the program, and they said, you know, hey, uh, that sounds a lot like that experience that you thought you might have had a few years ago. And they called her up and got hold of her and told her, and then she called me. So that's how we finally got to sit down uh you know, and debrief, but it was years later. Are you familiar with uh, Art Bell's interview with Madman Markham? Well, I knew Art, but I don't remember that particular interview. He was uh, a madman, hence his name, um, that uh, built what he determined to be a time machine that radiated and did the exact same things that that you're talking about with the Stargate, which is first thing I thought of when you were mentioning the Stargate, but not only that, when he actually actually went through it himself, he jumped into it, he had a complete memory wipe, and it took him a few years to piece together who he was, where he was, what happened to him, and through Coast to Coast, listening to Coast to Coast, kind of pieced it back together. It's a, it's a very similar story and very interesting, and it, and it, it goes along the same lines of the same technology that uh, you're talking about. It's actually quite incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard that story before. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Now, if you don't mind me asking, and you don't have to answer this, um, what questions did you get to ask the aliens? Um, I asked, well, I, I didn't ask all 100 of them at that particular uh, meeting, but I asked a lot of them. And 
I wanted practical answers, you know. I mean, I wanted stuff that we could use. Uh, you know, everybody else is like, you know, show me where you're, you know, show me what planet and this, that, and the other. Sure. And, you know, they, they want to ask like all these cultural questions. The uh, I asked them, and I said straight up because this was, you know, in the same time vicinity that Fukushima had happened. And, you know, the whole world is still being horrified by everything that happened there. I agree. And so I said, look, you know, how do we get away from having any more of these, you know, horrible tragedies that are poisoning our oceans, you know, with, with uh, radiation? And I asked, you know, what can we do about that? Well, they gave me the answers. Really? Uh, yeah. And I asked them, I said, you know, we got so many people on this planet. You know, they don't have enough clean water. They don't have enough clean air. They don't have enough food or a place to live. Um, can you give me suggestions about how to change those things and fix them? Well, they gave me all the, they gave me all the answers. Get, are, I it, can't tell you about them right now. Okay. Yeah, I had <laughs> to ask. I had to ask. <laughs> I know, I know. Trust me, I saw, I could see it was coming. But, you have you know, the answers. I've got to ask because these are the same yeah. questions that I have. Like, you know, how how do we sustain and, and continue to move forward if we can't? We can do all of it. We can do all of it. And the interesting thing about it is, is that um, we have the answers right now. You know, I, I mean, it's like I asked them about, you know, how can we fix all our medical problems and, and you know, all the issues that plague us as, you know, humans yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, physical issues. And they gave me all that, too. You know, so we have right now, we have the, the big picture answers that we have. You know, we can go ahead and, and eliminate famine, hunger, disease, lack of housing, you know, all these things. And, and the thing about it is, is, I asked them, I said, well, if you guys already have all these answers, how come you haven't told us? And they're like, because it's not our responsibility to educate you, and it's not our responsibility to do it for you. You know, you guys have to come together, work together, in order to create a matrix of people that can make these things work, you know? And I said, yeah, but, you know, we're, we're like a thousand years behind. And they agreed, and they said, well, the last time that we tried to give these answers to you, the only answers you were interested in was how to have a better weapon and how to be more powerful and how to be able to rule the world. Sounds about and right. I, you know, and I told them, I said, well, maybe you guys didn't tell the right people. I said, I'm a social worker, okay? I'm about helping people. I'm about making a difference. You know, I don't give a rat's ass about making a better bullet or being, you know, making a better bomb or any of that stuff. I want to change the world and make it healthy. I want to get rid of pollution. I want to be able to bring us all together and make this the world that God intended it to be. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Now, do you think that we're going to get there with your help? Well, um, you know, I, I, let's put it this way. I need, like, the rich guy of the month club. And, you know, I, I need to sit down with him and have lunch and, you know, say, hey, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you got all the money in the world, but... Uh, you know, what other satisfaction do you have? You know, yeah. wouldn't, it be cool to, wouldn't it be cool to be able to say you were the guy that made it possible for, you know, all, all the oceans to get cleaned up or, you know, any of the other things that I've already spoken of? And, you know, if I could start meeting those kind of people, I could sit down with them and start doing stuff. And you, you think that, that what they what they told you is an achievable I thing? Works. I know it works. 
Really? I've already, I've already, I spent the last, well, let's see, this was 2011, this is 19. I've spent eight years looking all this stuff up. Okay. And I've talked to people that are experts in most of these fields. It's all feasible. And a lot of it's real easy. A lot of it is unbelievably easy. In the case of, of certain things like the radiation problem, we already had the answers 40 years ago. And they didn't choose that answer because of the fact that it couldn't be weaponized. Okay. Interesting. So, I mean, a lot of these things are not, I mean, I hate to use this expression, they're not rocket science, but the bottom line <laughs> is, is that we, we overlooked them or chose other answers because at the time the people that were making the choices wanted a different outcome. Okay. Yeah. No. And now we're so screwed up, and the world is so bad off, and it needs so much help that you know it's time for everybody to say, "Look, if there's a better opportunity, a better way to do this, let's do it." You're right. You time know? is running out. We don't, you know. Yeah. And, and see, so what I want to do is, is I'm, I what I want to do are create working models on a smaller scale of all these answers, and then I want to say, okay, if the stuff works at this scale, we can scale it up. We can make it bigger. We can bring in, you know, other nations and say, look, you know, let's do this as a species rather than a bunch of independent countries. You know, we don't need to compete on some of these things. You know, this isn't about money. This isn't about any of that stuff. This is about doing what's practical, safe, and makes the world better for everybody. Yeah, it's it's we're at the survival point. We're at the end game here. It's time to get going. I'm with you. See, that's the whole thing. We can do this stuff, and in a period of a very few years, we would have a totally different world. Okay? The other thing is this, and that is they told me straight up, if you can make this happen, guess what? We'll, we'll help you with the rest of the stuff. Because I, I ask them for a lot more than just this. And they're like, if you can demonstrate that you're the guy that can make this work, and you can find the other people to make this work, then you will have proven to us that you were actually... Uh, you know, a good choice to be able to share this with. And uh, you didn't make it about, you know, uh, printing money and, you know, having a house full of gold bars or something. This was about doing exactly what you said you would do. Sure. Now, do you think that the information that you were given is... There's an instance that you've talked about before about being a kid in Chicago and someone appearing to you. Yeah, it's very likely. I mean, you know, I guess it kind of coincides. Uh, you know, I, I was on a field trip. I was only like four years old. You know, I was just a little munchkin. And, you know, we were at the Lincoln Park Zoo. And uh, this really well-dressed, nice older man walked up to me. And he said, uh, son, are you John Edmonds? And I said, yes, sir. Who are you? And he didn't answer, but he said he got this huge smile on his face. And he put out his hand and he says, I just want to shake your hand. And I thought to myself, well, you know, whatever, I shook his hand. And, uh, you know, I was, thought it was kind of weird at the time. But he just smiled, and then he shook his head, and he just turned around and walked away. How old was he? I would say probably in his late 50s, maybe early 60s. Now, do you recall what he looks like? Do you have a vivid image of him? I have a photographic memory. I can tell you exactly what he looked like. It's, it's not you, is it? Okay, I was gonna. I, I would just say this. This would loop around amazingly if you ended up going into the portal, and then yeah. meeting yourself and knowing and what's gonna happen. A lot like, I, I, over the years, I've thought about it, and he looked a lot like Tesla. 
Really? Nikola Tesla? Really? I mean, if anybody's going to time travel first, I would have expected it to be him. Yeah. Wow. He has a little bit of an accent and the whole rest of it. I mean, he, 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 like his clothes, they didn't look like American clothes. You know, they look like, like a European cut. So, so you've always had amazing things happen to you. You just didn't piece them together until later on. Well, I mean, you know, I was four years old. I mean, yeah. Not, I mean, but I have a photographic memory, which means everything sticks in my head, and I can replay something over and over and over and over again until I figure out, you know, why I think it might be what it is. Okay, so let me ask you then, have you thought about why these things are happening to you and are different than a regular, quote-unquote, regular alien abduction where you're you're paralyzed, they do stuff to you, you don't remember it until you, you know, you have a vague memory until you get hypnotic regression. Why do you think it's different for you? Not really sure. Um, I don't know. And, and, all right, all right. I mean, that's, if you did know, I would have been amazed on that question because that's just a, uh, that's a no-win situation. I can tell you what I think it might be, and that is, is that I've, I've done a lot of wild, crazy stuff in my life, and uh, I used to ride a lot of motorcycles and play a lot of, you know, sports where I used to get hit a lot and hurt and you know i'm thinking that maybe along the way somewhere i got altered in some way that you know uh physiologically maybe i don't react to things you know you, you see these football guys you know that end up getting you know head injuries sure it's very likely something like that could have happened to me to some extent i don't react the way normal people do which would explain why they maybe had thought they turned you off "Quote unquote," and then when you grabbed them, they were shocked or hit them. They were you were they were shocked. Well, to give you an idea, uh, two thousand, I was diagnosed with chronic MS, and I mean, I literally the doctor at uh, Barrows Neurological took my driver's license away from me. Oh wow! As, at the reading of the MRI evidence, because he said you're not going to be around much longer, and I was having these horrible electric shocks you know, many times a day that were the beginnings of, of literally where I was having these spasms, you know, it was, it was like, uh, almost, uh, I mean, it was, I was on the ground, you know, it was terrible. And, you know, I was just praying, you know, cause my whole life I've always been a very, uh, I've always loved God and always tried to serve and always tried to be very faithful. And I was like, Lord, fix me or take me, but don't leave me this way. I can't deal with this. And, you know, my wife would see me, I'd be on the ground shaking, having an attack from oh, it. Oh, God. And it was terrible. I mean, my life was absolute sheer hell. And I went to see a friend of mine, and he said, I think I can introduce you to somebody who might be able to help you. And so the next thing I knew, um, he said, you know, this was like on a Friday. He says, come back tomorrow. We'll meet in my office, and I'll have this person here, and he can look you over. So... I had that appointment, and this gentleman, you know, he ran his hands literally a few inches above my skin, all over me, and he measured, and somehow or another, he was doing the diagnostic work uh, to be able to figure out what was going on, and he turned around and looked at my friend Robert, and he says, I can fix this. Huh. And he says, here's my address, come to my place on Monday, uh, bring your wife, you're not going to want to drive, and... That's what we did. We went over to his place in South Phoenix, and, uh, you know, we had the appointment, and he had this technology that looked like a big glass ball, 
and it had all these gold little like pieces of tinsel stuff inside of it. And he said, I want you to take this ball and I want you to hold it in your lap and just follow my instructions. And so I took the ball and put it in my lap and gradually over a few seconds, it looked like instead of looking down into the ball, I was inside the ball looking back out. Whoa. And I started feeling what felt like warm water trickling down over my skin on my body. And it kept, felt kind of good, but it was tingly. And he said, don't worry, everything's fine. You're going to experience sort of this tingling feeling. And so for like the next 30 or 40 minutes, that's what I felt. And he just kept saying, the gold is now inside of you. It's going into your uh, various different nerve endings and the ganglia where everything connects. And it's recoding all of those places where the nerves have been exposed and where the, the damage is. And I was like, okay. And when it was all over with, he took the ball away from me. And he said, I want you to take these particular vitamins and you know, supplements and give me a call in a couple of days. And if we need to do this one more time, we'll do it. And I didn't even have to go back for that. And so I literally went from having an MRI that said that I had extreme MS with uh, all this tissue in the center of my brain that was inoperable because I'd actually tried to find out about having an operation to remove it and fix me to... I went back and had with the same very same doctor and went back and saw him again. And, you know, I told him what happened. I didn't tell him how it happened, but I told him I was fixed and I wasn't having the attacks anymore. And he goes, that's impossible. You're inoperable. You were terminal. And I said, well, I'd like you to do another MRI and see for yourself because I need my driver's license back. And he just looked at me and he goes, well, your insurance is not going to cover that. And I said, we'll pay for it. And so we paid for it. He did the second MRI. When he got the evidence back, he looked at it side by side with both MRIs. And he goes, I don't know how this is possible. It doesn't even look like you're the same person. You are 100% fixed. There is absolutely no evidence of the scar tissue that was at the middle of your brain. Everything is working perfectly. And, and I mean, that's amazing. And I'm happy that that is the outcome. But is and it's still like that? Yes. It's been over 20 years. That's incredible. I have, and I have both MRIs. I have absolute proof of this. Now, I, I never thought I'd have to ask this question, but the the, the guy with the, the with the gold sphere. Yeah, he was an ET. Okay, thank you for just answering that. Um, wow. All right, so they have the ability to to fix us. It seems like you are a special case. So, because of the special case, they allowed it to happen. Do you think they're doing this on a fairly regular basis, or is it a very you're one in a million? Uh, I have no idea about one in a million, but I would say this, and that is there are people that are significant around the planet that are supposed to be doing things and are supposed to be part of the future. And I think those people are given sort of special acceptances, uh, you know, to get stuff done when they need it. I like and that. I know for a fact that the technology exists right now on this planet to fix anything. The the technology from, from humans. Humans have the technology. Or Let's put it this way. Um, humans have the technology for however they got it, but the bottom line is it works. Okay. And I know this for a fact. I mean, it is, uh, I've seen the technology. Well, so I know it works. the old saying, there's no money in a cure. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. 
Well, but the thing is, is that things are getting ready to change big time. You know, you were talking about disclosure. This is part of how disclosure occurs. Okay. Suddenly we're going to find ourselves a few hundred years in the future in terms of exposure to all these devices. Oh, sure. I mean, there are 6,000 patents right now that are getting ready to be released that have been sealed, that were never allowed to get onto the market, and all this stuff is just sitting out there waiting to happen. Well, I've often said on the on this podcast that, you know, disclosure isn't going to be one thing. It's not going to be a UFO lands in Times Square and, and everybody gets to take exactly. pictures. It is small things over time that are going to result in the biggest re- reveal ever. Yeah, it's process. Yeah. It's all it is, you know? Oh, I completely agree. What was your theory or what was your belief in in aliens and UFOs prior to this? Were you always of an open mind or was it like, well, that's just BS? No, I, I've always believed ever since I was a kid that, you know, it's completely illogical that we would say that we're the only species in the universe considering how big the universe is. And, you know, so I, I've never had any doubts. I've had experiences at times, various different times throughout my life where it was already proven to me that this was, you know, just a fact. But the thing is, is that, you know, as I got older, uh, I've seen so many examples, you know, and I mean, I've traveled all over the world. uh, So I know that there's a lot of stuff that's been out there for a long time. And then with having the uh, portal, in the living room and having direct experiences with creatures and beings that are on the other side, uh, you know, I've been able to ask questions and I have another person that I'm very good friends with. And for some reason, the, the gate or the portal loves her. And every time she comes around, it, it can't wait to open up and give her a chance to ask questions. Really? It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my friend Elizabeth, she was in the, uh, Ghost Adventures episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. That woman has an uncanny ability to, uh, I don't know what it is. It's like whenever she's around, the portal is just like, here, pick me. And we start having sessions. You know, she came out for uh, about six or seven months in 2016 uh, almost every day from her place and, and drove out here across the city to get here. And then we did sessions. And so we saw tons of stuff. And we had, you know, pretty much almost every question we could ever ask at one point or another answered. You know, they gave us the history of, of literally humanity all the way from the beginning, all the way till now. Uh, you know, they told us about Atlantis. They told us about oh. Syria. They told us about uh, Egypt. They told us tons and tons of stuff. You said you were a religious man. Did they... In- I didn't say I was religious. I said I'm spiritual. Oh, I apologize. Oh, I apologize. Right. Did you... Oh, no, you're correct. I, and I apologize. Um, did you ask any religious questions then? You'd have to be more specific. Did you ask about the existence of God? Well, again, this is something where we were going back in time. So we were dealing with humanity, okay? Uh-huh. We weren't, we weren't like talking to, you know, an alien, you know, in the Pleiadian system or something like that. Sure. So, but that's probably for a different show. Oh, sure. No, um, no. I, I was just, I, what I was going for was, did you have a more scientific questionnaire with them or a more uh, metaphysical 
question. It was more like an archaeological one. Interesting. I mean, you know, I, what we were trying to do, see, what we figured out, and that is, is that almost everything that we've been told happened historically on this planet is off. Okay, <laughs> It's more like sort of a, let's put it this way. It's not that it's a lie. It's just not exactly truthful. Okay. It's been twisted uh, so that nobody could really connect the dots. You know, it's like the, like we just found out the other day that the reason that nobody was able to put together, uh, you know, anti-gravity uh, stuff, which should have worked, was because of the fact that the laws of magnetics are wrong, okay, and that they were actually purposely, a lot of our science was done in such a way to mislead us so that we couldn't be able to create the technology that we were trying to create. And so now that a lot of things are being corrected and, and the information is now been made current, uh, all of a sudden, lots of new technologies becoming available. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, technology is jumping by leaps and bounds. Like you were saying, it's like, you know, if you think back at the year 2000 compared to what we're at now, it is leaps and bounds like we live in the future. The You know, magic is indistinguishable, science is indistinguishable from magic at this point. Right. Well, I mean, but, you know, everybody talks about Roswell and talks about the crash and all that. Sure. You know? And that was one of the things I asked. I said, listen, I got a question for you. Um, you know, you know about the crash in Roswell, 47, you know, he, you know the, the guys that were taken out and everything. Is that exactly the way everybody thinks it is? And they said, no. And I said, okay, let me run a scenario past you. Uh, I don't think that they crashed here. I think that purposefully were seated to this event so that we would discover that they were there and that we would be able to actually sample through back engineering some of the technology. Now, these guys don't have a sense of humor at all. That's one thing you'll find out about a lot of these ET races, especially the ones that are literally right off the boat, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but the, the fact is, is that they don't have any sense of humor at all. They're very matter-of-fact, they're very dry, very logical. And, and he just looked at me and he goes, you figured that out? And I'm like, yeah, I figured that out. And he says, you're right. So wow. a lot of these crashes that, that we think were crashes, it's not because, you know, they were in the back of the ship, you know, drinking or something. <laughs> I mean, it was like they purposely enacted or reenacted these events so that we would think that they are something other than what they are. Okay. That all this stuff is put here for us to find so that we could discover it so that they could study us and see how we work and how our minds work. So, you know, of course, <laughs> when, you know, it eventually got to the point where Eisenhower had a meeting directly yeah. with these guys, you know, and, and they were offered, they offered him, they said, well, you know, hey, this is your lucky moment. Uh, you know, what would you like? You know, if you could make three wishes, you know, what are they? And, and he basically said, well, you know, uh, we want the choice that gives us the best options for the, the best weapons you know, to protect our country. Yeah. And, you know, that was purely fear talking, you know, because they gave them a choice of being able to, you know, get any kind of metal, medical technology or to be able to get, you know, the stuff to be able to make as much food or, or clean up pollution or anything. You know, all the choices that I asked them for, uh, you know, Eisenhower just asked them for a better bomb. And so that made them very aware that we were a very hostile species 
and that, you know, we were thinking in terms of really small stuff, you know, because the amount of technology that they had access to is crap compared to what they took. I mean, they just, they took, you know, the, the easiest, most simple thing. Yeah, they took the stick instead of the carrot, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, and so that really had a major impact on their perception of humanity and, you know, how we think. Yeah, they're not I wrong. I, well, and I told them, I said, look, that was like one dude. Yeah. Okay? I said, you know, you can't judge the rest of us by, you know, some old fart that made a bad choice. <laughs> you know, you got to, like, give the rest of us a little bit of a break and let us, you know, show you what we got. You know, we got a lot of heart and we got a lot of character and, you know, even a little bit of a sense of humor, you know, so I think they accepted that. So you're asking the right questions. I didn't I didn't want to continue to go on that road because I know you didn't want to answer the, any questions uh, and rightfully I, so. I, I want to answer something straight up, I'll tell you. Oh, no, and I appreciate that. And, and I, I got to say, that's awesome. Like, those are the questions that I would have asked as well, um, how they could go for either interdimensionally or for light years and then crash at the last minute or why why didn't they just come back and take it from us i mean we're we're you know we're insects to them if they really wanted to yeah i mean it's not like they didn't update their gps or something yeah exactly oh earth's a little bit closer than we thought sorry (laughs) you've had in-depth discussions about our past and about atlantis i i have to ask um Will we find Atlantis? We've already got it. Really? The, the, there is so much information that's being kept from us, it's not even funny. I, I mean, <laughs> seriously, we are like intro to kindergarten compared to what's out there. And by by them, you mean the government? Well, yeah. I, I And I kind of understand, again, I, I, I'm not like one of these guys that's a hater as far as the government goes. But let's face it, when the government goes to do something, um, it takes 10 times as long and it, you know, it takes gazillions of dollars. Yeah. And it takes, you know, buckets full of contractors to figure out how to make a better toilet seat. The government is like the last people that should be handling this stuff. It's our country. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, and we We should be handling it. You know, if they would just, if they would just give us half the information. These were trying to like go with the flow. You know, they figured, okay, you guys elected all these people. You got this government. You know, you got a constitution. You've you've done all this stuff. You've been following it for a couple, you know, hundred years. Um, You know, so we're just going to try to, you know, fit into the program here and work with the guys that you put in charge. You know, so it's not like they were, you know, trying to you know, think out of the box or anything. They just went with what was shown to them was the right way to do things. Yeah, uh, and it's that's a logical course of action. Um, it's a rock, and it has a uh, what looks almost like a sun in the center of it, and it was dropped by a gray on the back of the property when it got blasted by a laser beam from a investigator. Holy crap! I walked over and picked it up, and I'm bigger than he was, so now it's mine. <laughs> uh, when you say it's a rock, is it is it something that you've had tested? Is it an earth rock, or...? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it, it's a rock. It's a black, 
or grayish dark gray colored looks like a river rock almost and it has it's smooth except for this uh what looks like a, a sun or a flower or something it's got let's see one two three four five six seven eight it's got eight um places that would be like the points of a star and the interesting thing about it is is that it's not the same size on both sides and what's even more interesting is is that i have a crystal i have a long piece of crystal it looks like crystal and we had a guy that when i showed it to him he goes have you ever pointed a laser through it and i said no and so we pointed the laser through the crystal the crystal through the rock and it turned on the portal. Whoa! I was going to ask. It sounds like you've got a like a garage door opener for the for the yeah, portal. Exactly. Now the thing about it is, it didn't. It doesn't always work. It just seems to work occasionally. So it could be that just the portal thinks it's cool and it's playing along. <laughs> That's amazing. So you've got you've got bodies. You've got tangible evidence. You've got DNA. You've got scientific results. You've mm-hmm. got it all. I mean, you really do. This story has everything. Time well, travel. I think that's probably why I don't even get invited to uh, be a speaker at most of these, you know, these various different conferences. I mean, it's amazing. It, this is like the biggest story in the whole paranormal UFO world. Yeah. And it's like everybody that's out there on the circuit, you know, uh, they're, they're just horrified by the fact that this stuff exists. You know, because they're talking about stuff that happened 50 to 100 years ago. Ours is still going on. Yeah, I was going to say, yours is current. Yours is a constant thing. It's not a one-time, this crazy UFO came by. It is, I see these things on a regular basis. You should be at AlienCon every time. Oh, I know, I know. And it's what's weird, what's really strange is, is I sometimes go out to some of these conferences, and I have dozens and dozens of people that recognize me and instead of going to see the other speakers they just come around and sit with me and ask questions and i would do that if i bumped into you at alien con i would i would be on your your coattails the whole day you'd be getting annoyed with me because i'd want to i just want to hang out i just want to hear anything that you have to say because it's like it's an ongoing situation well it's funny i eat a lot of free pizza at those things If I see you at one, you get all the free pizza you want, I tell you. But, you know, the thing is, is that, um, you know, I I don't know why Hollywood isn't, like, knocking down the door to make movies about this. I agree. um, Because this is bigger than anything else out there. And, you know, it's not about me and an ego thing, you know, because, honestly, I didn't ask for it. I didn't go looking for it. It came and found me. In fact, it's it's like the dog that you find when you're out on a walk someplace and no matter how much you tell it to go home, it just won't go home. Exactly. That's exactly the story. You know, it's attached to us. Well, I, it, please, you know, you, you have my information. Anytime you want to talk on my podcast, you are more than welcome because you've just been a phenomenal guest and so informative and scientific. And that's my big thing. And I really appreciate it. Well, I mean, just, you know, uh, look me up from time to time. I'll give you updates. I would love to. I would love to. Yeah, and I know there's big stuff coming. I was going to say, please, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please keep me in, in the loop with the stuff coming, too, because I want to get this out there. 
do scientific analysis of the body, anything that you would want to do that they can, you know, uh, scientifically prove that something is real, that option is out there. Please feel free whenever you feel ready. Please feel free to, to contact me and I'll, I will pass it along and, and I'll do my best to make sure that happens for you. John, thank you so much for spending the time with us and well, I, I'm on Facebook, so, you know, anybody can send me a friend request, and, you know, I, I talk to people, regular people. I'm not like one of these guys that is self-impressed, that, you know, doesn't have time to talk to normal people. I, I, I love it. I believe in all of us working together. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, because who knows? I mean, you know, next week, a ship could crash in somebody's backyard. Yeah. You know, and if they're too freaked out to be able to talk about it, then that whole experience just goes by the wayside. You know? I, so I I'm agree. trying to live the, the example that I would like to be dealing with myself, which is to have people be straight up, be, you know, honest about it and be open to talking about it. And, and you know, this is disclosure. Yes, exactly. Yes, this is disclosure. This is how disclosure works. It exactly. is, and it is, it is the smart way of doing things that, that you have done that, it is the safety, it is that insurance policy, it is that the, the DNA, it is the scientific data, the proof that isn't just a story, it's not just a tale. There's tangible evidence that goes along with it. And and I will in I minutes didn't realize there's other you know, there's other species that are watching me do this. Okay. So the thing about it is the fact that I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, they like that. Because I'm not out there, you know, going up on the mountaintop and saying, hey, I'm some guru, I'm some this, that, or the yeah. other. I'm not. Just a regular dude, okay? I'm just a regular guy. And, you know, the bottom line is, is that I actually love humanity. And I, I, you know, love people with an open heart and an open mind that are willing to, to walk with me. And, and let's get to the bottom of all this. And let's make this a better world. I'm with you. I really am. And, and again... Um, oh, I apologize. Is there, I, I, I know we already talked about this stuff, but I want to give you the chance as well. Is there anything that you want to plug at all? Please yeah, feel free. Um, folks, if you're working in paranormal, if you're working in anything like engineering or anything where you're really concerned about your data, go to deafprotection.com forward slash stardust. Okay. That's where you sign up for the deaf protection. It is, I mean, even if you're just a regular person who just cares about not having their credit card ripped off or having their bank account ripped off or, or, you know, having just, you know, Joe government listening to them, sign up. You will not be sorry. You know, 10 bucks a month for security. This is the best security you could have. I love it. Thank you so much. And, and I will definitely keep in touch and I'm definitely going to find you on Facebook. I, and, Thank you for your time. This has been a fantastic interview. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, you're very welcome. Thank you for it was your time. Great talking with you. Thank you, sir. Okay, so there you have it. John Edmonds and his alien ranch. Like I said, it's an incredible story that I can't wait to hear what you guys think of it. Did you believe him? Did you not believe him? Did you believe some of this stuff? What could you find that was too hard to believe? Now, John fought off violent or aggressive gray aliens like you heard with a freaking samurai sword. And he mortally wounded one that phased away, decapitated another that John says he still has the body. The proof. 
the one piece of evidence that scientifically speaking could be disclosure in one piece. And I know all of you are screaming it. Let us see the body. And trust me, so was I and so am I. Let us see that body. Again, my hopes is that John lets someone examine the body on camera And I did talk to him off air in regards with keeping him and the alien body safe and letting it it be medically examined on camera so we will all see what happens. Let it scientifically be proven or disproven. And as you know with Paranormal Almanac, that's what I want. So we'll see what happens. John has his reasons and he has a plan. We can only hope that that plan and the evidence comes out soon because we all want to see the freaking body an alien body is somewhere that john is keeping safe and protected that we might one day get to see for ourselves once again i'm your host kurt sandvig and this has been another edition of paranormal almanac Here I'm here for the settle.